episode 185, bonus edition, interview with Kim LaPree. Hey guys, this is Kim LaPree from the Teachers Need Teachers podcast. I'm a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. The opinions expressed are those of the individual host. Be sure to check out all of the other amazing podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com and get ready because the learning begins in three, two, one. Educators, is your passion tank running on empty? Look no further. Gretchen of Always a Lesson has a double dose of just what you need. Come fill yourself up with an empowering educators podcast to start your day feeling empowered. Hey, hey, elite educators. It's Gretchen here of Always a Lesson, here to empower you to reach your potential. In fact, I call you elite because only an elite educator would take the time to invest in themselves by listening to a podcast just like this one to help hone their craft. Today's a special day because we have a guest appearance. I want to help you reignite your passion and potential by learning from another elite educator named Kim LaPree. She's got quite an empowering message to share with you. But before we dive into the interview, I want to share a little bit about her background with you. So Kim's a veteran educator of 17 years. She currently teaches seventh grade English. She's also a beginning teacher mentor, an educational technology specialist, and a tech and standards-based coach throughout her district. Woo, holy cow, she is a busy lady. She also has a leading-edge blended learning certificate and is a level two Google certified educator. During her career, she has taught band and choir and AVID and study skills and all levels of English language arts, including special education, English learners, accelerated, and students with disabilities. She has a unique set of experiences that really allows her to meet her students and teaching mentees where they're at, illuminate their unique value to the world, and then create a strong and lasting relationship. Kim often says, I absolutely love teaching seventh grade as well as coaching new teachers. Both groups have needs that are unique to that time in their life. They're dealing with crazy and overwhelming transitions, and their future success greatly depends on the love and support they receive at that time. And that is exactly why I wanted her on this podcast, because of that message right there that she's a cheerleader who differentiates her support based on who needs what and when. And I think that is a powerful tool, not just in a classroom with students, but in someone whose role is to coach and lead teachers. She is after my own heart with working with new teachers and loving to work with new teachers, which is exactly what caught my attention, and I wanted to bring her on the show. She's also got her own podcast, which is so great, breaking so many topics down to the nitty-gritty, especially for a new teacher, so make sure you check out the podcast on TeachersNeedTeachers.com. Let's go ahead and jump into the interview. Hey, Kim. Thanks so much for being a guest here on the Empowering Educators podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm excited. I just think that, you know, we have such common goals and really want to do the same thing for teachers. So when I heard about your podcast, I started listening and I was like, oh my gosh, I have got to get her on here. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Of course. We have elite educators. They are tuning in 
ready to hear what you have to share with us. So I'm going to jump right to it if you don't mind. All right, let's do it. So explain how our two paths have crossed. Well, I recently, meaning around November, I joined the Education Podcast Network, Mm -hmm. which is run by Chris Nessie, and he is at House of EdTech. And he made an announcement via email that I also got that sort of announced my presence on the network. And you were so kind and you reached out to me and I really appreciate it. (laughs) Of course. Yeah. We, if you guys haven't checked out education podcast network, it's edupodcastnetwork.com. It's chock full of awesome podcasts, all related to education. Um, and so we, uh, every once in a while add someone new to the mix and Kim's came up and I was super excited to tune in. You'll hear a little bit about it later in the show, but we have such a common interest and I was listening and I was like, I had to reach out to her and ask if she would be part of this. So I'm excited that she's taken time out of her busy, crazy life to join us. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of your busy, crazy life, tell us what is your current position in the educational field? So this is my 17th year of teaching and I've kind of had an unusual assignment. The first 10 years of teaching, I actually was a band director. And after having my child and not wanting to give up my weekends and evenings, you know, with performances and people who teach English are going to laugh. I switched over to English because I thought I'll have more time with my family. (laughs) So um, I I do teach middle school English right now. Um, I've been teaching all levels, accelerated English, and then I have uh, a co-teach model and just regular English. So it's mainly been English 7, which is actually my favorite grade ever. Really? Why? Yes. I totally get the kids. Mm -hmm. I understand this transition between, you know, 6th and 7th grade. The kids want some independence while their parents still hold their hand. Yeah. So they, I, I don't know why I get them, but I, but I do. And it's interesting now that my daughter is in seventh grade and watching her go through this transition and trying not to be that overbearing parent. But in any case, seventh grade has been my favorite just because I think when you get to know a certain grade and you get to know the kids and what to expect from them developmentally, um, I think it makes it easier with your teaching. So I've been trying to hold on to seventh grade as long as I can, because yeah. I know that sometimes they move us around in secondary. But at my site, I'm also what we call a blended learning specialist, which is a fancy name for someone who helps other teachers learn or kind of step up their implementation of educational technology. Oh, cool. So, yeah, it's it's been fun. I really like it. And it's, you know, all the way from helping new teachers to the district who need to get their email, need to get their grade book set up and, and all of you know, the nitty gritty to people who are fairly advanced and showing them some hacks and tricks on how to make Google classroom more effective for them. So I've been also doing that as well. So I kind of like being able to do both and switching modes so that I don't get too bored in one. So do you have time during the day to specifically do that or that's after hours? That's actually part of my teaching assignment. So yeah, I I do have dedicated time for that, which is awesome. So do you love helping new teachers more or do you love the tech part? Huh. I personally like helping teachers more than new teachers. The thing is that at my site, a lot of the teachers already are doing pretty well. Mm -hmm. And you kind of have to convince them to try something new because 
they sort of get into this groove and they're like, well, I already use this and this is how I've been doing it and it's fine. Right. Whereas I feel like new teachers are just, they're so thirsty for knowledge and they want to improve and be efficient and they're just, they're hungry. And I, Mm -hmm. and I love that energy because it helps me sort of get motivated, you know, with my teaching again, because I sort of see this whole education and teaching thing through their eyes. So I I really do like to help them. So either in your leadership role of teachers or in just being a teacher yourself in the classroom, what would you say is the best lesson that you've learned? Well, you know, I, I realized that I have these strengths that I didn't even really think about before. And I think that's really important for us as educators, because there can be times when we compare ourselves to others. We, you know, see other people who we think, oh, they're doing so much better than us, or we feel like we're not doing enough. And it's important for us to be introspective and and look at what we are doing well. And so once I was able to sort of hone in on the things that I'm good at, then I was able to use that in a positive way. So for example, I have a knack for breaking down confusing concepts for Mm -hmm. my students. I can come up with analogies on the fly and I can make it that so that that look of confusion goes away and they're like, oh, I totally get it. And so I help other teachers in my PLC so that they can break down the concepts as well. So I sort of pay it forward. They'll say, well, how did you teach that? And I'll tell them the exact analogies that I used. And I also really learned about you know, compared to band, especially, I learned about the importance of making the learning really relevant to the student. So bringing in examples from pop culture and things that they recognize in their lives. And when you can draw that connection, then students are more engaged and they see, you know, like what the point is of it. Um, And then kind of a harder lesson that I learned, I don't know if this was like the best, but it's a hard lesson. I learned about empathy. Uh, You know, at times... I'd be sort of frustrated if I felt like another teacher was phoning it in and I'd get a little bit judgmental early on in my career. Mm-hmm. And then I'd and then I'd realize that, you know, they had some real hardship happening in their life. And I I could have been more supportive than I should have. And I'm really lucky that I didn't burn those bridges during that time. But a lot of that is because I was quick to apologize and and be more supportive. But I think that we have to look at each other as teachers, not with judgment, but more with like, how can I help you so that you can be your best? Right. Mm, That's good. Thinking about these educators that you're affecting on a daily basis, what characteristics do you say make an educator great? Yeah. You know, I think that a lot of people are going to say sort of with the whole, you need to be passionate about teaching and, and helping kids. But I think to be like a really great educator, it's a lot more than that. So, I mean, you could be teaching's biggest cheerleader, but that doesn't mean that it's going to make you a successful educator, you know? So the biggest thing in terms of being a great educator, I think is being self-reflective and having sort of like this burning desire to improve and learn for the sake of the kids, And I think that's what really makes you stand out and be successful in your classroom. So you have to be willing to take like a really good look at how you're doing and being honest with yourself and improving for the sake of of the kids. So if you don't do that, you know, no matter how effective you are, 
it's you're going to hit a wall. You're only going to be able to grow so much. So if you're going to be a good educator, you got to be reflective. You have to go out and learn how to improve after you've taken this long, hard look at yourself and, you know, not get stuck in ruts. That way you can just kind of level yourself up and also keep your passion for teaching going. That is so good. You are just like, boom, because I think a lot of people go in thinking like, I just love teaching so much. It's going to be so great. And they think that's all that is required. So I'm glad you said it's passion, but you also have to make sure you're reflective enough to get your skill set to match that. Because without the two, I think uh, teaching could be really difficult. Uh, So I love that you kind of push past like, yes, you want that uh, passion, but it's got to be more than that. Um, since you're right. on, on this role of advice, I have a couple different groups of listeners. We've got new teachers, teachers in some sort of transition in their career, maybe distress, maybe they're losing their job, and teacher leaders. So if you were to pick one group of those teachers to speak to and give your best piece of advice, who would it be and what would you say? I would say the teachers in distress. So I... I hear a lot from these teachers too. And I am in Facebook groups where they're freaking out and they're about to throw in the towel. So I want to speak to them specifically, but this is a little bit controversial though, Gretchen. Mm -hmm. So some people might not like my answer, Go for it. but, um, you know, I think that your life in the classroom is going to be vastly easier and enjoyable if you're a likable teacher who genuinely connects with their students. And I know a lot of teachers that are my colleagues and they're like, you know, I don't care if students like like me. me, Right. And and I'm like, well, why not? What's the point then? If you're here to inspire kids to learn and you don't care if they like you, then, then what's the point? You know, and it makes me wonder that what happened during your edu, your journey as an educator, either, when you were in school or as a teacher that led you to not even care about whether or not you're connecting with students. And, you know, if you have a good rapport with students and you're likable, and I don't mean that you have to be like putting on the show and be a class clown, you have to be someone who's willing to take risks, you know, but also if you do make that connection with students and you genuinely care, the students will take risks for you and they want to please you. They'll do anything. I'll tell my students to write a five paragraph essay and they don't even grumble because we just have that connection and I've communicated the point to them. And so I, I just think that if you, if you're feeling like, you know, I, I don't know if this is for me, my students are disrespecting me. My classroom just seems like it's really dreary. I think we have to like reach down inside and think about how are we, you know, again, being self-reflective, what are we doing that isn't working? And a lot of times we're not communicating that passion and we're not connecting with students. Yeah. Relationships are everything. Yeah. it, <laughs> And I can see it too. You can, I mean, we all know of the teacher who is about to retire and, you know, they're tired and they're really not very happy around kids and they wonder why the students are, are so disrespectful. If the students feel like you don't want to be there, you know, they feed off of that negative energy too. Yeah. Or like you don't care to get to know them as people. They're, they're not going to work hard for you. I think middle school too, as you were teaching or are teaching, 
definitely makes you realize how important that relationship factor is, even though the content is super important. I mean, they really are motivated by relationships. They're kind of going through their own self-discovery. Um, adolescence sometimes isn't the kindest. And so they really latch on if a teacher makes them feel safe and comfortable. Exactly. And I know that you had mentioned in a recent podcast about, you know, you just have to push through the daily grind, yeah. whether or not you like it. And I think that it's important that if you are having these positive relationships and connections with your students, the daily grind just isn't as bad. Good point. You actually have something to look forward to because you know that it's worth it because you are lighting up someone's life. But if you're just sort of a curmudgeon who doesn't care and you're <laughs> snippy or sarcastic with the kids, you know, then, of course, teaching is going to be unpleasant. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, speaking of relationships, who's your current mentor? Who do you go to to learn from? This is kind of weird. I thought about this one and it's a little bit uh, unorthodox, but <laughs> there's an entrepreneur right now. And he's been around for a while. His name is Gary Vaynerchuk. Oh, yeah. And, Gary V. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gary V. And I follow him. And I, I love that he tells it like it is. Yes. He's really raw. <laughs> he kind of has a potty mouth, guys. He if does. You follow him. <laughs> Don't be shocked. I mean, I think he drops the F word every other word. Mm -hmm. And and some people think he's abrasive. But at the same time, he has these moments when he's so empathetic and he just genuinely wants to help people. He's giving them real advice. And I love that he doesn't want people to get caught up in their own crap Yeah, and let all of our hangups cloud our judgment and allow us to make excuses. And so, you know, when I start to get kind of down and frustrated on myself, like, Kim, you're not doing enough. Or how come your students aren't getting this when they should? You've been teaching long enough, you know, or I get frustrated with the state of education right now. Um, I kind of, you know, his social media posts, they totally kicked my butt back into shape. And mm -hmm. I know it seems really unlikely that someone who's not in the, in the education field at all, that I would call him not kind of like a mentor. I don't know him, but he does offer people that tough love that I think that we need because again, you know, with the daily grind, teaching is tough. You know, we need to work hard and I know that we need to take care of ourselves, but we also need resilience and we have to stop making excuses for ourselves. I know that a lot of teachers, unfortunately, unfortunately, they blame the kids for not wanting to learn or they blame parents for not raising their kids right. And, you know, when I listen to what Gary Vee is talking about, it's like, you know, I can't blame anyone else. I can't focus on things that I can't control. Right. You know, so um, I just choose to focus on what I can in the classroom. And that's with, you know, building relationships and and doing my job as well. So, um, yeah, he's kind of an, like I said, an unorthodox person to be sort of stalking right now. But <laughs> it, it totally just gives me inspiration to just let go of any excuses. Yeah, I think it's good to have someone outside of education because we can get super stuck in our reality. And so having someone in a different field uh, share something that's still applicable to education can be motivating and can be a breath of fresh air. And I do agree with you. His style is 
unique. Uh, and even that in itself is is nice. It's it's not someone that's promising that everything's always going to be nice or easy. Uh, I mean, he just says it like it is. And sometimes you just <laughs> need, you need it. You need that. So um, in terms of education, though, how do you keep current on the trends, especially since you're leading teachers, making sure you're, you know, just up to date on what's happening in our field? I tend to lurk on Twitter and follow a lot of educators. Um, I don't post as much as I should, but I do love to just follow some thought leaders. Some of them are inspirational. Um, a couple of them are like uh, David Guerin or George Kuros. I, yeah, I don't know if that's how you George. say his name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then other ones, they remind me of Gary, not in a potty mouth way, but like Alice Keeler. And um, oh, yeah. she does uh-huh. tech. Yeah. And she is another one who t- will tell it like it is. And even Pernell Rip, she totally oh, yes. just yeah, says it like it is. And I've seen some things that where people just sort of blow up on Twitter and they're like, no, you're wrong. I'm like, you know, she I love how provocative some educators can be because I think we get stuck in our bubble and we just sort of like to pat each other on our backs and, yeah. <laughs> and not challenge, you know, our ways of thinking, like how are we going to make progress? So I, I follow them. And if there's something that I disagree with, I sort of say, wait, but, but why are you saying this? And I explore more and Twitter is just full of free PD and education. Yes. It's, it's amazing. Even if I'm not partaking as much as I could, I, I just feel like I'm in this classroom and it's just, I mean, it's hard to catch everything that's happening. Thank goodness for hashtags. Mm-hmm. But um, I just feel like it's, it's one of the best ways to stay current in education. Yeah, I will link all these people you mentioned up in the show notes if folks want to start following them. But I keep telling educators about Twitter. I'm like, you have got to get on Twitter. I know it's not Mm -hmm. like pretty like Instagram um, and Facebook, um, but there's something great about it. It's really a place to go and find your tribe of people who love what they're doing, who are willing to try new things who are breaking the mold, like you mentioned. But what's so great is it's worldwide. So you're not just stuck in your little state or your district or your school. You're really able to think, okay, this is what it looks like in other places. And that challenges your perspective and your opinion on things. And it has really helped me grow as a professional. And some people might think that Twitter then sounds like, Mm, like oh, a staff meeting, you know, kind of something I, I don't want to do. It's actually so fun. And you really become close with these people you've never met, which might be a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> They're but so supportive on Twitter. It is. And I just think it's so important to connect. And we were, you know, we keep talking about relationships and stuff. And Twitter is a great place to find people who think like you and don't think like you. And Twitter chats are an easy way to do that. And people are more real. I feel like with Instagram, people are picking just the best. Yeah. You know, they're they're curating it. And even with Facebook, and I feel like on Twitter, this is where the real educational conversation is happening. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> One question I do like to ask uh, my guests, and it might make you blush a little bit, but I think it's important to celebrate some awesome moments we've had in the classroom, and you do a lot to help teachers, so let's just take a minute to celebrate you. Tell me your best all-star teacher moment. Well, it's actually more of, yeah, I'll talk about that one. It's more of a lesson that I taught. Um, I don't know if that's really yeah. what you're looking yeah, for. let's do it. But um, 
I dreamed up a project that I know that other people have dreamed of, but I was just like, it's mine. Um, it's, it was, uh, I was trying to teach argumentative and persuasion and I just, it was one of those things where I had to stop and, and like create this unit. But basically I told my students to bring something from home that they could part with. Like they wouldn't care if it was broken or, or lost or anything. And so they brought it and they got together in their groups and I told them, okay, so now you have to use what everyone brought and you have to create a product that you're going to sell. And you could use tape and string or rubber bands to put it together, but you have to create something. It has to have a purpose and you're going to persuade people to buy this from oh, you. I like it. And so they had to come up with a name for it, what it does, why people need it. And they created a full-blown advertising campaign with billboards and commercials. <laughs> and I printed out fake money with my face on it. Ah! And I gave um, each student, you know, five of those Lipri bucks. And they had to <laughs> spend their money on the product that they felt, you know, did the best with the advertising and that they would actually buy. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then... Um, that group just got like some candy. So it was like the best way for me to teach argumentative ever. I mean, their essays that year were the best. And so I've been doing that every single year. And it was, I, I just couldn't believe I came up with that because normally I don't come up with things so out of the box. But <laughs> um, I just felt like that really, if there's anything that created good relationships and connections with my students, it was that because I really ignited their creativity and passion. So I felt pretty good about that. Yes. Pat on the back. That's super exciting. <laughs> like the Thanks. kid in me wants to go do that right now. <laughs> um, they were shocked with the money I gave them. They're like, why is your face on this? I'm like, it's, it's priceless. What are you talking about? That is the best part of the whole thing. I How did you make that? Was it just in PowerPoint or something? Yeah, I just, you know, found some clip art and just put my face on it and printed out a bunch of them. Some of them <laughs> saved it, too. They, like, put it in the inside sleeve of their binder. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> you should frame it, sign it, you know, make it a big deal. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've been tiptoeing around your leadership with teachers and kind of the great stuff you're doing. And we did kind of mention at the beginning that you have a podcast. So will you fill us in on all the things that you're doing with your current project right now in education? Sure. Yeah, this is I I don't know about you. I love podcasting. Yeah, it's so fun. I didn't think that I would love it this much. And so on my podcast, I try to think seasonally in terms of the topics that I cover. So I started it in June and I had a series of interviews with different principals and I told them ahead of time, you need to come up with five questions. Don't tell me what they are. And I'm going to do an interview on the podcast with you and I see know, if I you would hire. I loved it. And so that, I mean, that was fun. And then. And you did well sort of... and they gave you good feedback Thank you. too. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It was kind of unnerving. I was like, you know, but after a while, I'm, and I'm hoping that new teachers listening to those interviews, you know, what they understand is they're asking some similar questions and you can have some canned answers mm -hmm. for those. And in fact, I've had some teachers email me and say, I totally use those and I got the job because oh, I was awesome. so prepared with my answers. So I was like, yes. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> 
Using up some of my summer was worth it. (laughs) You know what I thought was even better than just hearing the questions, which as a new teacher, that's all you want. Like, just give me the questions. But I loved that the principals were sharing their rationale for why they ask things. Because I Mm -hmm. think as a new teacher, you have zero idea what goes on in a principal's world, especially if you're just starting teaching. You don't really understand all the logistics of what happens in the school building anyway. So for them to be able to describe, like, why something's important to them or look at the website, what features can you pull out to really identify what the principal might care about? Just little tips and tricks. I thought, wow, that was really valuable more than just the question itself. Right. And how to even research the school, mm-hmm. you know, be prepared and, and know about the school. And there was one um, where I wasn't quite prepared. <laughs> I was like, uh, <laughs> I didn't really look at your website much. So uh, that was a learning moment for all of us. I know. And I was shocked you actually said that, but I think that was great that you were honest. I mean, that shows one of your characteristics as a teacher. <laughs> so yeah, th- this has been, you know, since I, I had a blog before and I really loved blogging. And once I switched over to podcasting, I just, I couldn't stop. And so that's been the passion right now is just trying to help teachers, new teachers, because they don't even know a lot of times the que- the questions they should be asking. Right. They're just so overwhelmed with, you know, the day to day. But at the same time, they're wondering why isn't this working? Why yeah. am I so overwhelmed? So I'm trying to find all the underlying reasons why things are frustrating and then trying to like steer them in the right direction with my podcast. Tell us the name of the podcast. I don't think we've even mentioned it. Oh, (laughs) that's true. It's called Teachers Need Teachers. And, you know, I'm excited to also be part of the Education Podcast Network. I Mm -hmm. didn't even know there were so many amazing teaching podcasts, you know, out there. It is cool. I think it serves a lot of different people. And I love that we can support each other versus it being a competitive thing because we all have such a different angle, uh, but still somewhat relatable. So I so I've enjoyed being part of it. So I'm so glad you are are joining in with us. I did want to ask, speaking of like having a group of camaraderie, do you have a Facebook group for any of your listeners? I sure do. It's if you go on Facebook and you search teachers need teachers. Now, you guys, it's going to ask you some questions. And so, <laughs> you know, being the teacher, if you don't answer the questions, I'm I'm not going to let you <laughs> win. <laughs> Because sometimes people join and they have a hundred other groups and none of them have to do with education and yeah. I don't want any trolls in there. Right. So it's just funny to me how it asks some very basic questions and people don't want to answer it. <laughs> yeah. No, I hear you. I'm glad you do that. Um, so in terms of just being respectful of your time, there was something that I think super important to ask you and, and every guest. And that's just how do you reignite your passion and potential as an educator? So for the new teachers, listen up. You have to use your time off to reset. Mm. Completely reset. Don't plan on grading those essays or those assignments (laughs) over your break. You need to empty the cup completely over your break so that you, when you come back, you're ready to go. You're refreshed. You're going to look at those kids not through tired eyes you are going to see the potential in them again rather than pulling your hair out. So that's one thing. I think it's really important that we really guard our time so that when we're there with the students, we can just be very mindful and we can, you know, be there with intent. But also, um, 
you know, I think it's important, like with you and I, with our podcast, I'm not telling people they need a podcast, but find another aspect of education that you've never explored and go all in. And that's what I did with this. And this actually kind of pulled me out of a rut because I was feeling kind of like, you know, I'm doing the same thing all the time. And, you know, I, luckily I have the teaching part down and so I can have this be a passion that keeps me in the game. Two great pieces of advice there. I like that. Thank you. (laughs) Well, on behalf of elite educators everywhere, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom. Can you tell us all the places to connect with you in case maybe that Facebook group's not for us or the Twitter thing? We want to be able to have multiple ways to get to know you. Sure. So again, the Facebook group is Teachers Need Teachers. Um, I also have a Facebook page for LaPree's Learning Log. That's my blog. Oh, <laughs> Thanks. On Twitter, I'm at Mrs. Lepree. And on um, Instagram, I'm at, I'm at Kim Lepree, L E P R E. And I'll put all that in the show notes so you guys can just click through, um, which is awesome. And uh, yeah. do you email um, personally with folks? Like if they had a specific question they wanted you to cover in a podcast, do you encourage them to do that? Yes, I am obsessed with getting listener emails. So um, it's my email is Kim at teachersneedteachers.com. And I respond personally to every single one. Mm, Perfect. Well, you heard it. Elite educators start connecting with Kim today. Thank you again. I'm so excited to connect with you, learn more about you and work together soon, probably in the future now that we're both in the same network. I know. Thank you so much for having me on here. I'm, I'm honored. You're welcome. Have a good one. You too. All right, Elite Educators, I know you know it by now, but Kim is definitely someone who's on your team. She has got so many different avenues to support you, whether it's the content on her blog and podcast and working with her one-on-one or in a small group. She is willing to do whatever she can to help you become stronger, more effective, and happier with your own path so that your talent shines through. She is so nice and so approachable, so I highly encourage you to connect with her. I'll put all the links um, from today's show and any other social media links she wants to share in the show notes. If you just go to alwayslesson.com, click on podcast, you'll find Kim's interview there and see all the links that you might need. All right. Well, that is a wrap for this week's special edition interview podcast with Kim LaPree. Now go ahead and be great because you've just been empowered.